Hi, and welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. John Cook. I'm so glad you joined us today as we continue our series on Systematic Theology 2. Our study takes us to lesson number 29. We will deal with the doctrine of the church. We'll get into our study right after this. I want to say right from the start that nothing that I say is original with me. In fact, I don't think any preacher can say anything that is original. The Bible says there is nothing new under the sun. My daddy used to tell me that if it's new, it isn't true, and if it's true, it isn't new. So I just accept the fact that I'm simply going to be repeating what somebody else has found already. We now join in progress part four of our study on systematic theology, lesson number 29 on the doctrine of the church. The Lord's church is also likened to a chaste virgin that is espoused to Christ. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 2. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. So this points out the fact that we are to live clean, moral, uncorrupted lives for the Savior. We are not to be guilty of selling ourselves to this world. The church is also likened to a wife in Scripture. That's what Jesus talks about in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 and 27, when he tells husbands and wives how to behave themselves. It says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. The church knows that the Lord loves her because his love was proven by his shedding his own blood to purchase us and to cleanse her from all unrighteousness. It is the Lord's determination to present his church to himself, a glorious church, without any spots or wrinkles. Spots speak of the corruptions of this world. And the Lord has determined that he will cleanse his church of all corruption. Our desire as the church of the living God should be to live holy and righteous lives that we might please the one who has bought us with his own blood. As a wife, the church is to be obedient to the Savior in everything. Ephesians 5 verse 24 tells us. It says, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. The Lord Jesus Christ gave two ordinances to the church, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Notice I said ordinances, not sacraments. Sacraments indicate that they would have something to do with our salvation, which they do not. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone. No works involved. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God's word is very plain. 
There are no works involved in our salvation, but the work that, that our Lord Jesus Christ accomplished for our salvation on Calvary's cross. We can add nothing to our salvation by our works. We are saved, according to the scripture, on two good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Good works are part of our lives, not for our salvation, but because we are saved. The first command we have from the Savior, once we have been saved, is to get baptized. Baptism requires immersion under the authority of the local New Testament church. Even historians admit that the word baptize means immersion, even though some of them believe in sprinkling and pouring. Nevertheless, the term baptism means immersion. The type or picture that is given by baptism is seen in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 6. It says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Notice that the scripture presents the fact that we are identified directly with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. When we come to verse 4, he says, we are buried with him by baptism into death. Now, what do we do with a dead body? We put it under the ground. Usually the saying goes six feet under the ground. We do not just sprinkle some dirt on top. No, we put it under. So baptism is a picture of our having died with Christ, being buried with Christ, and being resurrected with Christ. To properly present the right picture requires immersion. When we look at the ministry of John the Baptist, when Jesus came to him and was baptized by John, we read about that in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Listen to it. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God ascending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now look at verse 16. Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the waters. So Jesus was immersed. Look at Acts chapter 8, verse 38. There we read about the Ethiopian eunuch. It says he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. It's very clear that they both went into the water, and Philip baptized the eunuch. We see that immersion was the mode of baptism. So baptism, scriptural baptism, requires immersion. Because only immersion can give the true picture of our death, burial, and resurrection. Sprinkling and pouring simply do not meet the test. 
The Lord's Supper is the only other ordinance given to the church. The first communion was held by the Lord himself in Matthew 26, verses 26 through 30. Let's read that. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. It, this was the Lord Jesus Christ's way of giving his disciples a picture of his death, burial, and resurrection for our sins. Later, the Apostle Paul receives from the Lord this same ordinance with an added memorial attached to it. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through 29. It says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now, that added memorial that is attached to this is found in verse 26. It says, as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. So we are going to, by receiving communion, show the Lord's death, reminding ourselves that Jesus is coming again. Hey, this is John Cook again. I want to thank you for joining us in this podcast. I encourage you to join us in the next podcast as we continue our series on Systematic Theology 2. Hey, while you're here, why don't you click that subscribe button and follow us, and you'll be notified just as soon as another podcast is released. Appreciate it. God bless.